Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mack, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. It's here in the House Call community where we have created an inviting space for you to hear individuals' health stories, gain healthcare providers and other experts' perspectives. It is our mission that with the knowledge you gain here, you will be able to connect your own health dots, see a complete picture of yourself, and begin to experience whole person care. So, let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Welcome back, House Call community. I am super, super excited about today's guest because, you know, whenever we talk about healthy living or healthy lifestyles and we bring in the eating piece, this just, I'm really excited about this because I believe that's where most people struggle. They're like, okay, I want to be healthy. I understand what you're saying, doc, but I mean, I got to eat. I got to live. You know, how do I do this? And I know where my limitations lie. And I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. Uh, I'm not a chef even. I mean, I can make sure that we don't starve in our household, but I know where to go to get the answers to where a lot of the community, uh, a lot of the questions that the community has. And today I have Mrs. Cynthia Chia Payon in the house call community who so graciously took time out of her very busy schedule. And you'll see what I'm talking about because we're going to have links to all the stuff that she's doing to come to the house call community and talk to us about healthy eating today. Thank you so much, Mrs. Cynthia Chia Payon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am honored to be a guest and I'm excited about our conversation. Awesome. Wow. So um, I used to, I usually like to tell the house call community how we're connected and our connections go back to Oakwood college, Oakwood university. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I was watching, you know, we were connected on social media on Facebook and I looked back and saw where you put a post up back in May of last year about a medical situation you had and you were talking um, yeah. about your brush with death. And yeah. I read that post, and that's when I started talking about, oh, my goodness. And I saw that you were going on your journey with um, the, the um, healthy, healthy foods and healthy cooking. And I said, let's bring mm-hmm. you in the community, pull it all together, and that's why we're here today. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about what happened to you and share a little bit of your medical story that you shared on Facebook back in May of last year. Okay. Well, you know, what's interesting about that story is also it's a a tad bit political because uh, I had initially, I had a gallbladder attack, a gallstone attack. I want to say it was in 2008, maybe Mm. 2009. But when I went to get treatment, I wasn't able to because I didn't have insurance. I didn't have insurance because it was a pre-existing condition at the time. So the only way for, they told me the only way I could get this treated was if it were emergent. If I had, you know, the temperature, if I had a high temperature and, you know, and all that stuff going. Now, mind you, when I had this attack, anybody who's had a gallstone attack, 
you think you're having a heart attack. Like I, I made peace with God and everything that night. Yes. And yes. come to find out that it was, it was a, a gallstone attack and that gallstone attack in retrospect, I realized that it was, it was attached to a terrible diet. That's what the cause of it was. So we'll talk about that as well. So, um, so for years, for years, I had this gallbladder festering inside of me mm-hmm. with no medical insurance. I could not get the issue addressed. And um, fortunately, I got married in, the, in those years, and my husband got insurance where we were able to go get treatment irrespective of, a, of the uh, pre-existing condition. When I went in to have the treatment, um, the doctor, <laughs> I was supposed to be in there for something like 30 minutes. My husband said two hours in, he became very concerned and started thinking, who am I going to call to tell them that something went terribly wrong? Because he knew as a physician, something was terribly wrong. Right. And the doctor came out two hours later and told him, uh, your wife is very, very fortunate to be alive. The my gallbladder was completely obstructed. The bile had become clear because it had figured out a way to process this putrid bile. And he said he had honestly he said he'd never seen anything like it. It was completely clear and he said it was four times the size of what it should have been, my gallbladder. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So were you yeah. having any symptoms, intermittent symptoms, after the initial attack, probably back in 2008? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. I would get incredibly nauseous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would have these, I would have these headaches from time to time that would just come, and I would know. But in, in terms of the attack, uh, I probably in those, what was that, eight years, I probably had about five more attacks. Um, but I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. And I, and I said to myself, how did I get, what, what contributed to this? And they said, you know, a lot of fatty foods, meat, et cetera. And I've never been a meat eater except for when I was trying to do Atkins, when I was trying to do keto diets, you know, when they tell you eat all this meat, eat all the meat you want, eat all the fat you want, just don't do carbs. I was on that train several times and all I could think is that must have contributed to that gallbladder issue. Um, not having a balanced meal, having a quick fix solution to diet and weight loss and not really uh, restructuring how I'm eating, retraining my palate and eating sensibly and letting things just take its course and do what it's supposed to do. Whoa. So, so that's, that's the thing. Yeah, you're bringing up some great points here that we're going to circle back to because you mentioned retraining your palate. I I caught that. You talked about Mm -hmm. quick fixes instead of a Mm -hmm. lifestyle. And you talked about having intermittent uh, intermittent symptoms that you have to you have to listen to your body. And so by this time, you did know what was wrong. Um, when you got your initial diagnosis after your initial attack and they told you there's something going on with your gallbladder, did you start, um, changing your lifestyle then, or was it after the surgery? 
Actually, it was about that time that I decided to really embrace a more plant-based diet. I can't say I was 100% plant-based. I mean, I can't say I was vegan, but I was plant-based. The the majority of what I was eating came from Mother Nature. Mm. Um, But, you know, something that I I have learned, too, in this process is just because you're vegan doesn't mean that you're healthy. Potato chips are vegan. French fries are vegan. So you can be under the guise of being plant-based or vegan, and you're still eating a lot of crap. (laughs) <laughs> okay you know? yeah. I, I, I'm so glad you made that point that just because mm-hmm. you're vegan or vegetarian that right. that does not automatically make you healthy that you still have to no. make some healthy choices so absolutely you started making some healthy choices and you said that in the mm-hmm. silver lining in all of this is that you started making some healthy choices and this i believe led to where you are now with as, as a vegan chef can i say that absolutely. so absolutely. T- tell us now how are you t- take us a little bit down that path of becoming a vegan chef and how it ties into this healthy lifestyle and healthy living. Because not everybody that wants to have healthy living or healthy lifestyle and healthy eating are going to become a vegan chef. But I want to hear your story. Well, you know, it was really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe that the Lord works in mysterious ways. And um, I had been an executive in the nonprofit world. And mm-hmm. September of 2008 hit with that financial crisis, and I lost my job because the funding fell out of my organization. Mm. So, I mean, I was interviewing for jobs here and there, everywhere, couldn't find anything. My church had its nominating committee, and they needed somebody to run the dining committee for the church. And our church is about 300 members. As you know, the Seventh-day Adventist denomination is is largely vegetarian or plant-based. And I said, I've got nothing else to do. I'll do it. And I started cooking for the church, and I loved it. Really? I loved the challenge of coming up with plant-based meals. I loved the challenge of preparing food that was healthy and nutritious and inexpensive. Mm. Inexpensive, because our budget was very limited. And I realized that I loved cooking and that it didn't overwhelm me. And I said... Maybe, maybe this is what I should be doing because I've seen how personally I needed to make a change. Now I'm affecting change with more people and I was given a gift where I have been able to, one of my, one of my uh, slogans or bylines is incredibly tasty food that just happens to be good for you. And I, I noticed that while I was cooking this really tasty food, people really loved it, but it was, they had no idea how nutritious it was. And so I said, you know, let me, let me see if I can get a private chef job. So I went on Craigslist, and I found this couple that was looking for a private chef. I sent him a resume that I created. They called me up. This gentleman owns a car museum in Beverly Hills. He owns a mortgage company, fabulously wealthy family. I was up against... Uh, Ellen DeGeneres' former chef, Tom Cruise's former chef. They asked me to come in and fix a meal, which I did. They hired me on the spot. And I worked with them for two years. What? And so then I said, you know what? Yeah, two years. 
just like that. And I said, Lord, this is obviously what you want me to do. I want to be a professional. I don't want to just be a good cook. I want to understand the nutrition and the science behind what I'm doing. And that's when I went to culinary school. So, you know, this was all, this was all me banging my head up against the wall and nothing happening. And the Lord just changing my sight. And once I looked in the direction where he was pointing me, he has allowed all of this to come. Just all, it's just exploded. It's exploded. Clearly it has exploded. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. here recently you were featured on the Today Show. Yeah. Can you wow. tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, um, the, the author, Dan Butner has written a book called Blue Zones, mm-hmm. and he has identified five zones in the world where people live past 100 years of age. And he has found that they have things in common. For example, they primarily a plant-based diet. They had an intact social structure. They had a reliance on God. Um, and, and so the Seventh-day Adventist community in Loma Linda was featured. I was asked the night before the event to come and to prepare a couple dishes to take part in the event. And, um, fortunately, I was chosen to be the featured chef, uh, at that event. And I've, um, Dan and I will be working together. We've been in contact and we will be working together. Um, but that's what it was about. And it was amazing because, as you have, we've grown up in this space, and uh, the health ministry is a key tenant, but in many ways, we've allowed it to be hijacked, mm-hmm. and um, we have not really explored and embraced and, and, um, and, and gone into the community as we could have and should have. And so I'm proud to be a person now who has, uh, who has embraced this ministry and um, and I'm taking it to the masses via my slant, which is particularly uh, the taste, the cooking traditions, and the techniques of the African diaspora. Ooh. So, yeah. so give us just a little taste, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> of what that entails. What, tell us how your food, what do you do to make sure that your plant-based diet and cooking is appealing to the palate because most people will say, I don't know about that because it one either mm-hmm. doesn't look good. It's not appealing mm. to the eye or two is not appealing mm-hmm. to my palate. But you also said something earlier about changing your own palate. So that's part of it. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit of how do you make without, I know there's some proprietary stuff probably that we can't <laughs> fully disclose, but give us a little, a little hint of how do you make your your dishes appealing well one of the things i think is you need to be very intentional um Mm -hmm. you know i draw a lot from experiences and i tell anybody who wants to cook to draw from who you are Mm -hmm. and who i am is a west african west indian woman Mm -hmm. my father is from liberia west africa my mother's from guyana south america and so those flavors those seasonings, um, that type of cooking is something that I know. And so it's easy for me to pull from that and to create things. So one of the things I believe in doing is using fresh, fresh things. I believe in fresh herbs. I believe in, um, 
and and soaking your beans. I believe mm-hmm. in cooking with layers of flavor, not just using salt. So mm. as I'm, I, I knew that your father was Jamaican, yes. so you know about thyme, putting thyme in your pot, putting, you know, green seasoning. I make a green seasoning, which is onions and garlic and scallions and all of those things. They go into the base of pretty much whatever I cook. And so you've laid that foundation. And then you add your herbs, which is another foundation. And then you add your grains or your beans or your, you know, your tofu or whatever. You're, you're building layers of flavor. And so that's my approach. My approach is to add as many um, layers of flavor as possible to whatever I'm cooking. Um, with regards to my culture, um, You know, it was interesting as I went to culinary school, I started to notice that so many of these foods that were called superfoods were things that I had grown up with, Hmm. things that I knew. You know, I grew up with palm oil. I grew up with kalaloo. I grew up with, you know, um, with cassava. Mm -hmm. I grew up with all of these things. And now they're being touted as superfoods. And I thought to myself, well, I've got an advantage. Because these are all things that I'm familiar with. So how can I cook them in a way that's not necessarily traditional? I'm using the items, but I'm cooking them in a more modern way or in a kind of a fusion way that would be appealing to someone um, that didn't know those foods. One thing I always say in particular about African food, and I love African food, it's not necessarily the best-looking food, but it tastes good. Mm. So, I, so as you were saying about making it palatable, not only in terms of taste, but to your eyes, it's, that's how culinary school, it, it came in. It taught me how to okay. finesse things in such a way to make them visually appealing. But that you don't have to go to culinary school to learn that. I did. But it's something that you can just, just take time and, and, and recognize that people do eat with their eyes. And that, and that's something that's important to incorporate when you're preparing food. Oh my goodness, this is wonderful information. I know that our community is going to go back and jot down all of these nuggets. I want to hit on one other point um, that you were talking about before. You said you wanted to go to culinary school to understand the science behind yes. the the plant base. Mm-hmm. And so, could you give us a little bit of yeah, so why is this healthy? I mean, really, why can't I just go and eat what tastes good to me or what I've now trained my palate to like? Why is plant-based so important now? Well, one thing I will say, the first thing I will say, and I say this often, you cannot outsource your health to the FDA. The FDA does not care about your health. They care about the bottom line to them, which is the dollar. And so when we outsource our health to people that are um, in bed with the, the food industry, um, you are ingesting things that are not made for your health. They're, they're made to addict you. And I don't know if people realize that this is something that I learned in culinary school, that there are companies whose main purpose is to create food in such a way that they are addictive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So... You know, when you go and you take that food off the shelf, and the main culprit is processed food. When you take that food off the shelf, when you eat that Dorito or those Cheetos or those Pop-Tarts or whatever, they have special ingredients in them that make you eat more and more and more. So um, 
you have to take ownership of your health. And one of the things that I learned was that you can heal your body from within with food, with the right food. The African-American community in particular suffers from sickle cell. Mm -hmm. And I learned in my research that in Africa, many people have the sickle cell trait, Mm -hmm. but it never goes through the full-blown disease. The sickle cell trait is necessary because it helps them fight off malaria. Right. The reason why it does not sickle is because of thiocyanate. Thiocyanate is found in African yam. And because people eat so much yam on the continent, it stunts, it stunts that trait from becoming a full disease. And I'm thinking there are so many African Americans who are suffering from this disease if they only knew to increase, not even increase, to start eating particular foods, it could help them. But we live in a country where we don't treat the cause, we treat the symptom. So there's medication to fight the symptom without getting to the root cause. And so when I learned that and I realized that there are so many foods that are antioxidants that can fight off those cancer cells, and, and kill those free radicals. And, and they're at your local farmer's market, your local grocer. That's what we need to do. The more informed we are, the more knowledgeable we are about what we're taking in, not only can we ward off disease, we can be proactive in fighting it uh, or keeping it at bay before it even comes, or when it comes, then we can fight it. In addition, if you want to go more you know, traditional medicinal route, but this is a way to also to supplement what you're doing through diet. Oh, Cynthia, this is a great conversation, and I am thoroughly enjoying myself. You are reiterating so many points that we've already put forth in the House Call community over the last three years. I mean, we've talked about antioxidants. We've talked about using food as medicine. We have talked about healing ourselves from within and not just using Mm -hmm. a pill to to be able to treat or put a Band-Aid on a chronic illness. And so with you coming back and reiterating all of that, it just helps to reinforce that. And I want to thank you so much for that. I mean, this is just a great conversation to have. So what what are you working on now? If, if, if we may ask what's going on in, in your life now as, as this wonderful vegan chef? Well, there are quite a few things. I've recently moved from Los Angeles to Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I, was, I was a bit hesitant to do that because things had just started to really take off for me in L.A. Um, but whither thou goest, I will go. So I am here. I hear you. And um, I'm working on, I was doing meal delivery. I had several clients that I was working with where I was providing them with weekly meals, nutrient-dense plant-based meals. So I have just been approached by a company out here um, to serve as an executive chef for a meal delivery service that will reach all of Metro Atlanta. So I'm excited about that. I'm also speaking uh, with someone about joining a culinary incubator. Wonderful. Um, There have been some discussions about a restaurant and um, I would love to do that. I don't know if it's quite time to do it. And then I will be working um, on a Blue Zone cookbook. Um, I'm excited about that. And I'm actually working on my own cookbook. Okay. That's 
that's been a that's been a uh, work in progress, but I'm actually actively working on it now. So quite a few things, quite a few things. I actually have a product that I'm working on getting in stores. It is a uh, tortilla that is made from cocoa yam um, because, you know, gluten is a big issue. And so I have created um, a bread that is completely um, gluten-free. It is absolutely delicious. And everybody that I fixed it for loved it. And I, I introduced it to someone at a, at a store that shall remain nameless yeah. in Los Angeles. And they're very interested in carrying it. So I'm working on the packaging and the branding and all of that awesome. as well now. Awesome. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. So I'm looking at our time. And before we let you go, because again, as we can hear, you took time and carved time out of your very busy schedule for us. Uh, where can people find your work? Are you on any of the social platforms? If somebody would love to follow you, can you tell us where they can find your work? Yes, my professional name is CC Payon. So on Instagram, I am CC Payon, uh, CC Payon, CC P E A N. I also have a website, which is CC Payon.com. Okay. And I think that's it. Okay, yeah. and we'll have all of that in the copy of the show notes and everything like that. Um, but before we let you go today, we usually ask our guests to give our community a tip of the day. It can be on what we're talking about today or anything that is on your heart. So if you would be so gracious and give our community a tip of the day, we would be honored. Hmm. My tip of the day is to invest in yourself Um in terms of nutrition, mm-hmm. don't outsource your health to the FDA. Be deliberate in what you take into your body and realizing that once you take it in, it becomes part of you. Mm. And, uh, and that's very, very, very serious. And so that would be my tip, just to be deliberate as you eat, be conscious of what you're eating and, and feed yourself things that are going to nurture your body. That is awesome. And with that community, we will see you guys back here next time. Bye now. Thank you.